0: Hello, I'm Sarah Archer and you're listening to episode 62 of the Speaking Club podcast. The other day I passed a couple of builders above me on a scaffold, laughing while punching each other. And I realised that I'd just seen my first ding-dong merrily on high. I started this podcast for two reasons, because I want to help people recognize the power of stories and humor in speaking, and because I believe it's your message that counts, not the number of ums and ahs you use. There are some organizations that want to create robot speakers. They want you to sacrifice your personality in order to speak perfectly. I want to let you know that you can be yourself and a sensational speaker. So, if you want to be a speaker that connects and engages authentically through stories, a speaker that gives value as well as a great performance, then welcome home. Hey, and welcome to the show. If you're a returning listener to The Speaking Club, that's brilliant. And thank you so much for being here. And if you're new to The Speaking Club, boy, have you got a lot of great stuff to catch up on. If you've used the tips and tools and techniques I've given you on the show and you've got value from the interviews, if you've uh, been listening previously, then I would love it if you could do me one of two things. Either let me know how you got on using those tools and techniques and you can email me um, at sarah at com. That's sarah at com. That's story uh, storyled, S T O R Y L E D, marketing.com. Or you could do something else for me, which is leave a review and rating on iTunes, which is always welcome. Okie dokie, now to this week's show. Some of you might know that in addition to the speaking and business coaching I do, I also copyright. And I had an assignment last week from a client in Australia. And this assignment was to write some editorial for an exclusive magazine. But it had to be um, carefully done because it had to meet some specific parameters. So first of all, it had to be constructed from an international perspective. And then it couldn't have any sales or specific promotion of a product or service. It had to uh, give a reason for for readers to contact the business. It also had to address an issue that was going to be highly relevant and of immediate use in terms of the stuff that was in the article, that for the readers with the ultimate aim of lifting that business's profile and having the readers contact them to find out more. So basically this article meant that the business had to give value without giving all the answers and generate sales leads without selling. And I had to chuckle when I read it because actually I spend a lot of my time coaching businesses and speaking clients on how to achieve exactly that with their pitches, signature talks, webinars, stories and marketing because aside from platform speakers who give up their speaking feed to pitch at the end of their talk, most experts, business owners and professional speakers are often constrained at networking and corporate events because overt selling isn't allowed or appropriate. Or let's face it, overt selling anyway makes you feel a bit sleazy and people don't like it. I don't like it. So um, so what I I teach them is to do it without being overt. Because I don't believe anyway, there's any speaker out there that isn't selling something, whether it's a book or coaching or even themselves for another booking. So we're all selling, but we don't want to be sleazy or pushy. So in this show... I wanted to give you some of the tools that I use personally and I also equip my clients with to motivate the audience. Firstly, to lean in and pay attention, then uh, to give value without giving the whole game away and then giving them a reason to take action or without obviously selling. Good. Now, the first thing I want you to understand because this is kind of critical to the whole shebang is that there are three triggers that cause people to pay attention and take action and I'm going to cover these three triggers and then focus on the most powerful um because there is a hierarchy to these things and so it's and they're important because Without people paying attention, without them caring enough to take action, you're not going to be successful anyway as a speaker or corporate leader or business owner. So it's good to know this stuff. So first, let's talk about these triggers. They are reward or desire, whichever way you want to call it, fear and curiosity. So desire, fear and curiosity. And as I said, there's a hierarchy to these triggers, and I'm going to tell you why. Or rather, I'm going to show you in your mind. Now, I want you to picture this for me. So get your mind ready. Picture this. You work in the top office of a skyscraper. It's one of the tallest, and you are hundreds of feet in the air. Opposite your building is another skyscraper. And funnily enough, its windows line up to yours. So I come to you in your office at the top of that very, very high skyscraper. And I say, OK, what I'm going to do is put a plank between your window and the window of the building opposite. And I just want you to walk across. Oh, and it's, it's pretty windy up here and you're not going to have a harness. And I'm sure that you are going to say to me, no chance. OK, well, what about if I offered you a hundred thousand pounds to walk across, would you do it? No, probably not. But okay, what about a million pounds to walk across that plank, which is probably not that far actually? What would you say? Probably no again, right? But what if I changed two things about this scenario? Let's see if I can change your mind. OK, first of all, your office and your building are on fire. And secondly, your door has been wedged shut. And the only way out of the building and the only way to save your life and see your loved ones again is through the window and across the plank. Would you do it now? Most people would say yes. And the point of this story which I originally heard from a guy called Phil Taylor, is to show you that more people are motivated by fear than reward. So you need to talk about what's at stake if they don't listen and take the action that you're recommending. Just the other day, I was working with a group of people and one lady said she wanted to get more clients because she wanted to move to a bigger house so that her children could have more space. And, and the other side of the coin was that she was afraid if she didn't get more clients, she would have to go back to a corporate job which she absolutely didn't want to do because it meant she wouldn't see her children very much at all. Which of those two scenarios would cause her to take action quicker? Yeah, not wanting to go back to that corporate job. But that's not to say that reward isn't a motivator. It's just that loss and fear are more likely to get the person up off their chair and started on their journey towards what they really want. But whilst fear might close the deal and get the person to take action, you need to get people interested first and enough to get to that point. And in a sense, possibly the most powerful action trigger is curiosity. And that is because... We hate gaps. When you create a gap that people want to fill, they'll be motivated to take the action necessary to find the information out, whether that's asking additional questions you know, after the talk or following up you know, completely after the talk when it's all done and dusted. Curiosity is used all the time, especially on TV. I want you to think back to the last soap opera or miniseries you watched. Now, if there was a commercial break, what happened before? Yep, there was a cliffhanger to make you come back after the break. And what happened at the end of the episode? Yep, another cliffhanger to make you watch the show next week or in the next few seconds if you're doing it on Netflix. But these gaps make people curious enough to come back. So right from the start, when you create the title of your talk, you need to be aiming to pique people's interest, their curiosity. And when you deliver your content, you need to deliberately leave some gaps so that people will be curious enough to want to follow up, to take action. Now, another great example of using curiosity is the Thousand and One Night Story or Arabian Nights as it's called. And I've talked about this story before in episode 50 in relation to framing your talks. But it's a great example to use here, too. Now, in this story of a thousand and one nights, Sharia is a king who learns that his wife has been unfaithful and kills her. And then he believes that all the women are the same. So he starts marrying virgins and then executing them the next morning before they've got a chance to dishonor him. That a lady called Scheherazade offers to marry the king. And on the night of their marriage, on their wedding night, she begins to tell him a tale, but she doesn't finish it. The king is curious to know how it ends. And so he puts off her execution. And the next evening, she finishes the story, but starts a new one, but doesn't finish that. And again, he postpones her execution and this goes on for a thousand and one nights, after which time he gets a bit bored of threatening to kill her and she manages to, to, to live a, a happy life. So Scheherazade understood the power of curiosity and used the simple strategy of keeping Sharia curious by taking him on a journey where he wants to know how it turns out to keep herself alive and to become queen. Now, in marketing, there is another term for this, and it's called problem, solution, problem. And this is the strategy I teach my clients to use in all aspects of their marketing. And I consider speaking to be part of marketing, and it works particularly well in presentations. Now, for instance, I will create a problem in the title of my presentation, and then in the content I will give my audience a solution to that problem I posed. But before I finish, I will also leave them with another problem to solve, another gap, one that my next piece of content or talk or teaching or product or service can solve. For example, I do a presentation on objections and it's called How to Avoid the Three Biggest Mistakes Businesses Make in Dealing with Objections. Now there's curiosity and promise built into that title and in that presentation I do tell people what those three biggest mistakes are and I give them strategies to avoid them but the strategies that I give them to avoid making the mistakes are things that are also problems that they need to solve. Now they could absolutely go off and find ways to resolve those problems for themselves. But they're also things that my services can help them get solved quickly and effectively. So I'm providing value, but I'm also showing them the next problem they need to solve. And obviously they can do that with my help if they want. So I want you to start doing the same thing. I want you to start focusing on getting and keeping people's attention and creating gaps rather than selling. Okay, so I said I want you to focus on getting and keeping people's attention and creating gaps to do that rather than selling. Cool. So what I also wanted to give you today is a strategy I teach called the key takeaways and the gap, which will help you with this in your talks. With the key takeaways, your aim is to give some value to reinforce your key messages that were in the heart of your talk and to set up the gap that your product or service could fill. They will have alternative options, but it could be that you or your product or service will fill it. Now, here is my takeaway menu and the options you have to choose from for those takeaways. Now, first of all, there's what I call the DIY list. Depending on what your product or service is, The chances are, like I said with the talk I gave, the target customer could go off or the audience could go off themselves to produce the same result. For example, um, instead of getting a fitness coach, I could learn about what exercises would work for my fitness goals. I could watch some YouTube videos to make sure I was going to do them with the correct form to avoid injury. I could put my own plan together and I could try and find a buddy to hold me accountable which could be what you tell them in your takeaways if you were a fitness coach doing a talk. Now, some people might take that list and run with it. But a number of people would see red flags coming up around time, risk of injury and finding someone to hold them accountable. And they might think, bugger that, I need a fitness coach. That's where you come in. Then the next uh, takeaway option is the audit list. This set of takeaways is a set of questions that gives uh, your audience some insight, but it may also highlight that perhaps they're not where they should be. This will leave them with another gap, again, that your product or service could fill. For example, if I was a social media person, I might say, I'm going to give you three key takeaways for increasing your success with organic social media so that you can check that you're doing these right. So that could be you need to be using the same platform as your clients. You need to post regular content around two to three times per week. You need to be using around 30 relevant hashtags to grow your audience. So if the audience members aren't already doing that, then they can, of course, fill that gap themselves or by hiring someone else but they might just as likely hire you. And lastly, there's the overview steps. So when I'm giving a talk, I might promise that I'm going to give people the essential ingredients for crafting an irresistible offer. And I do with a brief overview, which is valuable in itself. But what I don't do is give the detail behind it. I give the what, but not the how. And again, people could well go off themselves to work on this stuff and find it out. Or they may well hire me to work with them one-to-one or buy one of my courses to get the, the lowdown on this. So as you can see, most of the gaps come from the person not having the time, the knowledge or the money to do it themselves and get the same results. Or they want results more quickly then they can get them from elsewhere. And that is where they will be piggybacking on all of the time and study and research and development and failures that you've done to get where you are today in terms of that expertise and shortcutting all of that to, um, to get ahead by using you or your products or services. So as I said, whether you're presenting at a networking event in business Or a conference, it might not be allowed or appropriate to sell overtly. And in this instance, the takeaways and the gap are an indirect way of selling without selling. You're giving value and insight. And who doesn't want that? And whichever takeaway you use, you've always got to have a call to action at the end of your talk. You've got to give your audience something to do next even if it's just to go and say hi to you on Twitter or Facebook. Although ideally, you would give them a freebie or lead magnet that builds on your talk in exchange for your email address, because you need to be building that email list. OK, cool. That's it. So let's just go over your, your takeaways, not the takeaways, but the takeaways for this show. And these are, there are three triggers for action, and they are desire, fear, and curiosity. You need to remember more people are motivated to take action out of fear and loss than they are over desire. Curiosity is the most powerful trigger to get people's attention and keep people's attention. And to make a person curious, we've got to create a gap between what they know and what they want to know think about what takeaways will work taking into account the, the the subject of your keynote or the product or service that you're selling and also your audience keep your takeaways to no more than three to five of them okay no more than three to five takeaways it's probably a good uh, rule to live your life by as well um In terms of food. Anyway, and the last one is always give them a call to action so that you can continue that relationship building. There you go. Well, that is it from me today. I hope you found this episode useful. And if you enjoyed this episode, then go ahead and leave a rating or review. And I'll put some links in the show notes so that you can uh, do that easily because I know some people struggle. And don't forget to subscribe last thing I want to say to you is thank you so much for listening and I will be back in a couple of weeks and I've got a, a phenomenal episode I think it's going to be one of the best ones um it's going to be a challenge but it's going to be one of the best ones so that one will be coming out on the 20th um and it'll be episode 63 for those that are listening in the future so last thing for me to say to you is have a cracking week And go and grab your life by the nuts and get creating those gaps. Bye-bye. If you want to discover how to create a killer pitch that makes you or your business stand out from the crowd, then you'll want to grab your copy of my book straight to the top. It will help you clarify your USP, your business story, who your target market is and what will make them buy. You'll discover how to get the edge on the competition and position your offer for success. You'll also get proven elevator and investor pitch frameworks to use for maximum impact. To get the book for free plus lots of extra bonuses, you just pay shipping and handling, go to standoutpitch.com today.